the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What, what does obedience look like for you? Is it just that he wants you to start witnessing to that person he's laid on your mind? Is it that you put your yes on a table? Is it that you get right in a relationship that's wrong? Is it that you make a difference right where you are? Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Give God praise as you're seated today. So glad you've chosen to be here. Take your copy of God's Word and turn with me in the Bible to the book of Jonah. We're going to be in chapter 3. And as you study the story of Jonah, you begin to understand that when you encounter God in His holiness, when you begin to see God for who He is, it results in active obedience in your life. You cannot encounter a holy God and walk away the same as you were before the encounter. And for some of us today, it's time to re-encounter our God. It's time for a comeback. Say that. Say, it's time for a comeback. George H. Morrison said the victorious Christian life is a series of new beginnings. I believe you could add to that. It's a series of second chances. It's a series of comebacks. And for some of you today, it's time for a comeback. Say it's time for a comeback. The Bible's full of comeback stories. You can think of them. You don't have to be a theologian or a scholar to know them. The story of Abraham, late in life, he found himself lying before God about who he was and who his wife was, and and yet God blessed him in such a way that he came back to really be the father of the nations, to be used by God like few men in human history. I think about Jacob. Jacob lied to his father, and he lied to his brother. But God took that lie and turned it into a trophy of grace and truth and blessed his life in a mighty way. I think of Moses. I love that our children are learning the Bible in story. And so if our children are part of Awana, they even can have access to a CD that walks through these Bible stories. And so our little girl was listening to the story of Moses just a couple of days ago. And she heard as she was listening to the story of Moses that Moses was adopted. And she just began to smile and and beam uh, in in her face. And and she said, Mom, Moses has a gotcha day just like me. (laughs) But the truth is, Moses is a comeback story, isn't he? He committed murder. He 
wandered out in the desert for 40 years before he would wander in the wilderness for a second 40-year period. And then I think of maybe the greatest New Testament comeback story in all the Bible, the story of Peter, bold, prideful, eager Peter, who said to Jesus, no, not me. You, you don't know what you're talking about, Jesus. I'm with you till the end, or at least until a little girl starts to threaten me. Peter denied Christ. We know the story, but God restored him. Peter was there to preach that first message of the Christian church after the ascension of Jesus and the fall of the Holy Spirit. And more than 3,000 people were saved on that first day and the church began to explode throughout history. Comeback stories. It's time for a comeback. In some of your lives, it's time for a comeback. You can remember a time when you were more on fire for the things of God, when your heart was strangely warmed by the presence of And the holiness of who God is and all that that meant. But somewhere along the way, something happened and you've fallen away. It's time for a comeback. Say it's time for a comeback. Micah 7, 8 says, rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. Proverbs 24, 16 says, for the righteous falls seven times and rises again. Let me ask you this morning, is it time for a comeback in your life? In your little corner of the world, I want to do a brief recap of these first two chapters of Jonah. The Bible says that God came to Jonah and he wanted him to go to Nineveh. That's modern day Mosul, Iraq. He wanted him to go to Nineveh and share that evil city, the good news message that God would give them an opportunity for repentance. But instead of going east to Nineveh, Jonah decided to run as far west as he could. So he called a boat toward a place called Tarshish, what was then a small island just off the coast of Spain. But he didn't get far into the great sea, the Bible calls it, the Mediterranean Sea, before a big storm came up. Jonah was down in the bottom of the boat sleeping. But the other sailors, after crying out to their idol gods and having no avail, they came to Jonah and said, what gives? And Jonah said, it's all about me. Then instead of turning back to God and crying out to God in repentance and saying, take me to Nineveh, he said, throw me overboard. And we learned this lesson that sometime that slippery slope of sin will take you to such a place you would rather die than get right with God. And so after wrestling with him a little bit and trying to row the boat back themselves, they listened to the words of Jonah. They threw him overboard, and that's where the story takes a supernatural turn because we see that Jonah was swallowed by what the Bible calls a great fish, a whale. And we can only imagine what took place in those three days and three nights in the belly of that whale as his hair began to dissolve because of those stomach acids and his body began to be discolored and the smells began to overwhelm him. And then last week in chapter 2, we saw that in the midst of that, Jonah repented. He cried out to God. He turned back to the one who had called him and set him apart. And he promised that from that moment on, he would be faithful. 
You could really divide these first three chapters of Jonah this way. You could say in the first chapter, Jonah was running from God. In the second chapter, Jonah was running to God. And in the third chapter, you're going to see that Jonah is running with God. And that's where we pick up the story, right after Jonah was spit out. So let me just remind you how the Bible phrases that in Jonah chapter 2 and verse 10. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Some of you have been to a place in your life where you've so wrestled with God, you've so run from God that you found yourself in a nauseating situation and it's as if now you've just been vomited out in the presence of God and you would say, it's time for a comeback. Say that, say it's time for a comeback. We don't know exactly where Jonah was spit out, but here's what we know. It was exactly where God wanted him to be. I love this quote from Warren Wiersbe. He says, the will of God will never lead you where the grace of God can't keep you and the power of God won't use you. Just think about that for a second. The will of God will never lead you where the grace of God can't keep you and the power of God can't use you. So I'm not sure where you find yourself today, but it's my prayer that in this moment you cry out to God and say, God, would you begin to stir? Would you begin to do whatever it is that you want to do in me so that I might accomplish for your glory whatever it is you want to accomplish through me? And that's what we begin to see in Jonah chapter 3. We're just looking at five verses today. This is the word of God, Jonah chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Say second time. Hey, this is a prayer some of us need to pray today. You've allowed distance or sinfulness or disobedience to pull you away from God. And like Pharaoh's heart, your heart has become hardened. And and when you call out to God, you may not hear because as the psalmist says, you've regarded iniquity in your heart and your prayer line is blocked. And, And so some of you need to pray, God, speak to me again today. It may not be a second time. It it may be a third time or a fourth time or a 958th time. Some of us are what the Bible calls stiff-necked. We're hard-headed. We're stubborn. And we need to cry out, God, speak to me again. Speak fresh. Speak new. So the word of God came to Jonah the second time saying, arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. We recognize this because that's very similar to the words of Jonah 1, verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But this time, Jonah doesn't flee. It changes in Jonah chapter 3. So in verse 3, it says, Jonah arose and he went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out. Here's his message. This is a sermon. This is Billy Graham moment. Yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And then one of the more shocking verses in Scripture. 
And the people of Nineveh believed God. And they called for a fast. And they put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. For some of us, it's relational strife. And whether it's parents and children, or whether it's husband and wife, whether it's with your siblings or coworkers or classmates, we are not living our life in relationally healthy ways. And it's time to come back and, and do it God's way. For others of us here, it's habits, hurts, and hang-ups that have caused addictive behaviors to become entrenched in our lives. And so we're doing these things that are destructive. Perhaps it's self-medicating or or perhaps it's self-destruction. But we know that's not right. And today it's time for a comeback. For others, it may not seem so outwardly severe, but it's a spiritual deadness Those dry bones have begun to well up within you. And you can look back to a time when songs like holy, holy, holy would have stirred you and moved you and shaken you to a core. But you're dry. And it's time for a comeback. I think in these few verses, Jonah gives us three things that are applicable to our lives that can help us to have those comeback moments, what throughout history we've called awakening or perhaps revival. It's easy for us to watch proceedings in Washington, D.C. or or go to the worst parts of our city and say, this nation needs revival. It's a little more challenging to hold up the mirror of God's word and say, I need revival revival if you need revival this path that Jonah followed is a path that you too can follow let me give you the first thing that was his path to a comeback he recognized the opportunity before him and that's what you need to do look around for opportunities to get in on what God is doing look around you For opportunities to get in on what God is doing. God was giving Jonah a second chance. He was giving him another opportunity. Aren't you grateful for second chances? Now some of us, we like to be quiet in church. And even what you just heard freaks you out a a little bit. But I need to tell you, that's a question you probably want to respond to in however you say it, whether you say amen, that churchy word, or whether you say yes. Aren't you grateful for second chances? 
I can remember as a child, we lived in the church parsonage. That was a church owned by the house. And uh, one of the, uh, a house owned by the church. Don't laugh. You'd try standing up here. <clears throat> and what that meant is a lot of people had keys to our house. And it meant that my playground was the church parking lot. But the good thing is there was a basketball goal in the church parking lot. But I would often just go around the church and, and play. And one day I was, I don't know, lonely or frustrated or what. But I, I stood outside one of the offices uh, of the church and I, I began to uh, play a game. And the game I made up at the moment was, how many rocks does it take to break this window? And I was just throwing rocks at the window, and it broke. And the truth is, if I were to ask my parents about this today, they have no recollection of this. But in my mind, I had just committed a high crime and misdemeanor. I mean, it was very, very bad. So I'm not even sure if what I'm about to tell you took place, but in my mind, this took place. I went back home, and I can remember not confessing what I had done. And the next thing I remember is people from the church came over to our house and they did what adults always did in our house. They sat in their room and they talked and it seemed like to me they were having very serious conversations. And in my mind, that conversation was about, I wonder who broke the window at the church. <laughs> After that other family left, I find myself going to my parents and saying, I, I've, got, I, I, I've got something I need to tell you. And I confess what I had done. And I'll never forget what I learned as a young boy after confessing that wrong act to my parents. I learned the gift of a second chance. When God talked to that fish, and that fish vomited Jonah onto the shore, and Jonah heard for a second time the word of the Lord, that was a second chance. I'm, I'm so thankful that our God is a God of second chances. Often I'll hear people say, how, how do I know what God wants me to do? And the simple answer is open your eyes, open your ears, open your heart to what is going on around you. Or like that old study experiencing God used to say, if you want to know and do and experience the will of God, just look and see where God is at work and get in on it. Can you imagine Jonah that day as he found himself on the shore? The first thing he probably did was look around to see if anybody else had seen what just happened. And if he did, if they did, the second thing that took place is he said, you ain't going to believe this. Imagine what was going through his mind when the word of the Lord came to him a second time. And presented him with an opportunity he could not refuse. But you know what's interesting? Was this a new opportunity? What do you think? This means yes. This means no. Was this a new opportunity? 
No, it was the same opportunity God had given him before. Here's a life lesson. As we look for opportunities to know and do God's will, we need to remember that God doesn't always change our circumstances. Sometimes he changes us. What is God wanting to change in you so that he might provide you with opportunities to do great things for his glory? Nineveh had not changed. Remember what we learned on the first week, why, at least one reason why Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh? Nineveh was a place where there were great, wicked, and evil people. In fact, we were told that the Ninevites would take those who, who, who they disagreed with and they would take them out into the desert. They would bury them up to their neck and they would leave them there to die. And Nineveh had not changed. In fact, in the little book of Nahum, we see this described about Nineveh. Nahum chapter 3, verse 1. Woe to the bloody city, all full of lies, plunder, no end to the prey, the crack of the whip and rumble of the wheel, galloping horses, bounding chariot, horsemen charging, flashing sword and glittering spear, host of slain heaps of corpse, dead bodies without end. They stumble over dead bodies, all for the countless whorings of the prostitute, graceful and of deadly charms, who betrays nations with her whorings and people with... Does this sound like a place you want to go to vacate? Nineveh had not changed. But God was giving Jonah another chance. You see, sometimes the opportunities God puts before you are difficult. Sometimes the doors he opens takes work for you to walk through. What difficult open door is God placing before you right now? When I was just beginning in ministry, my brother, he's nine years older. He was going through his first significant ministerial move. The truth is that he had lived in a a place called Union, South Carolina. And there in Union, South Carolina, God had begun to work in that old mill village, and and they had experienced some revival. But as always happened, when God begins to work, Satan showed up. And in fact, my brother Rocky, he would say to this day, one of the most difficult spiritual moments was a night of deep demonic spiritual oppression right there in Union, South Carolina, because of what he believed was, was taking place in that mill village. But one day God began to move and stir in their hearts. A a church by the same name, but not in Union, South Carolina, in Titusville, Florida, began to call him and reach out and begin to say that they felt like God wanted him to be their pastor. And they had been through so much and, and they had encountered so many good and bad things, but demonstrations of the power of God. He and my, my sweet sister-in-law, Sherry, they were, so, they were so nervous about answering that call. But they tell the story that one day they'd gotten into their car and they turned on the radio. And at that time they were listening to Christian radio. It was WMHK in Columbia, South Carolina. And there was this song by the Gaither Vocal Band. It was called Beyond the Open Door. And listen to what the words said. Beyond the open door is a new and fresh anointing. 
Hear the Spirit calling you to go. Walk on through the door, for the Lord will go before you into a greater power you've never known before. Rocky and Sherry said that when they heard those words, they knew that God was saying to them, this is a door you need to walk through. So they began that process, and for a number of years, he pastored there in Westside West Side Church in Titusville, Florida. But here's what I want you to know, that what God did and what God had in store through that opportunity. Did you know that there is a large number of young men now in ministry because my brother walked through that open door? Did you know that one of them is named Nick Colton and serves as a pastor right here in our church? You see, when you walk through the open doors that God puts before you of opportunity, you are impacting change not only for your life, but for all the people that will be impacted because of your obedience to the open door. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910.